0: Hey, everybody. This is Hunter Williams. This is going to be episode 182 of the NeuroEdge podcast. The name of today's episode is The Journey of a Walk-On. <clears throat> so as many of you know, I played football in college, and during that time I was actually a walk-on on my college football team at Wake Forest University and then was fortunate enough to get put on scholarship and then became a captain of my team, blah, blah, blah. But the point of today's episode is to not talk about myself, but this was something that kind of came up in my mind uh, with the national championship game last night between Georgia and Alabama, and Georgia's quarterback, a kid named Stetson Bennett, was originally a walk-on at Georgia and, lo and behold, became the starter for Georgia and has now led them to their first national championship since 1980. So why does this matter? Well, obviously there's going to be a little bit of football talk involved with this, so if you're not a football fan, excuse that but i want to talk about why it's important to the rest of our lives and what lessons we as humans can take away from the journey of a walk-on and just what that means and a lot of people <clears throat> might not know that much about football but even a lot of people that know a lot about football don't actually know what it is kind of like to be a walk-on and you hear stories about walk-ons from time to time you always see the videos that go viral on social media of a walk-on getting the scholarship and everybody's celebrating What I'm going to talk about today is a little bit of my personal experience being a walk-on and then also uh, this experience of the kid uh, that uh, Georgia had as their quarterback and why it matters to us today and how we can draw lessons from this and apply it to our own life. And I'm not a huge sports fan, even though I played sports for the large majority of my life. I tend to kind of stay in my lane and not really get caught up in the whole pop culture and getting obsessed and following sports. I do follow it from now on, you know now and then. And obviously I'm a huge football fan, but I don't dwell on it that much or really keep up with it a ton anymore. <clears throat> so that's what we're going to talk about today. Before I get into this, uh, this is a little bit of a different topic. So if you do get any sort of resonance with this, or maybe this is the first video you're walking or watching and you are seeing the title about being a walk-on, <clears throat> maybe you are... Trying to walk onto a football team yourself, and you're you know 16, 17, 18 years old, and going through that process. Hopefully, this will help you if you are going through that experience, or if you're later in life and you're like me and you're a little bit older. There are a lot of principles that we can take from the experience of a walk-on and apply to our own life today. So that being said, if you do enjoy this content, like, share, comment, and most importantly, uh, subscribe. That really helps algorithm get this. And helps get this content out to other people that may enjoy it and may be able to find it applicable in their life. But it also really means a lot to me to know that uh, the work that I'm doing, even though this isn't a full-time thing or anything like that, it's more just my more or less my stream of consciousness. Uh, it's very rewarding to me. And especially if you comment, let me know your thoughts, or if you have any other sort of experiences <clears throat> as a walk-on, that'd be great. Sorry, my throat's a little, got a little frog on it today. Now, uh, the journey of a walk-on. So, as I said, this kid, Stetson Bennett, he walked on to Georgia. And for those of you unfamiliar with the process of walking on, a lot of walk-ons are known as what is called a preferred walk-on. And what that means is, basically to sum it up real fast without going into too much detail, is that a lot of kids in high school will not get a scholarship offer. And as they're closing out the recruitment, so think their senior year going into like January or February, in March of their senior year, if they do not receive any scholarship offers and whether that's a division one, division two, division three school, a lot of times they will talk to coaches at programs. Oftentimes division one's fewer people walk on to division two or division three programs, but oftentimes they'll talk to the coaches at division one programs. And most of these programs will have anywhere when I played, it was, I think five, maybe 10, they'll have like five to 10 spots per year where they can get guys that are called preferred walk-ons, meaning that they are brought in with the rest of the class of kids that are on scholarship, just like they're on scholarship, but they're not on scholarship. And so they come in at the same time. They don't have to go through a tryout process or anything like that. And this is how most walk-ons will actually walk onto a football team. So it's not the proverbial Rudy type situation where you have a kid that is at the school and then he like shows up to practice one day and he's like, hey, can I try out? And they give him some pads and he like goes to the tryout and gets put through the ringer. <clears throat> Most walk-ons, they are pre-selected before they ever get to campus. And even in some cases, the college coaches can help them get into the school if their grades aren't good enough because a lot of these schools are so competitive to get into now, <clears throat> especially uh, more academically selective and rigorous institutions. A lot of the kids that get into school there a lot of times aren't interested in being a walk-on on a sports team, but they still have these five to 10 slots per year of kids that they can help get into the school that have to meet stricter academic requirements than a scholarship player would be, but they're a little bit less than a regular student would have. So it's kind of a sweet spot for the coaches because they get to kind of fill up the rest of the roster spots with these preferred walk-ons. So it is pretty nice that most walk-ons you see, it's not this story that they just, We're at the school and then they showed up. I'm sure that still happens, but most walk-ons that you'll see, they are pre-selected. A lot of times they get skipped over and left out of the recruiting process. And then once they come to terms with the fact that they're not going to get a scholarship, they'll be in communication with the coach and say, hey, coach, I didn't get a scholarship. Do you guys have any preferred walk-on spots? And then they'll bring in, you know, five to ten per year. Now, again, when these kids come in, they're with the rest of the team. But once they get there to school, and I'm talking from my own experience here, I can't talk to the kid at Georgia and what they went through. Once they get to the the school, they are more or less a practice done. So whereas a lot of the freshmen are brought in, they may not play their freshman year, but they're being groomed to be the players down the road, especially if they are not a skill position, so not one of the smaller guys that play on the edge. So if you are what is called a big skill or a lineman, which are the offensive and defensive line, or linebackers, tight ends. A lot of these positions that it requires more size and strength to play. A lot of those kids may not play right when they get to school. Some do, but a lot, a lot of those kids might not play and they go through the development process, but they're being groomed so that by their sophomore, junior, and senior years, uh, they're fully developed. And from the time they got there, they're being groomed. I think mean, a walk on is a lot different. <clears throat> a lot of the coaches. In most schools, it's going to be different in every school, obviously, because people are different. Coaches are different. But a lot of the walk-ons are more or less a practice dummy. Now, what's interesting about being a walk-on is you have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. So I went through high school, and I was one of the better players in the region for my position in high school. I didn't get any scholarship offers. Probably one that didn't help is I wasn't the biggest for a linebacker. I was a little bit smaller, Not super small but a little bit smaller. So that didn't help me. And then two, uh, there just weren't as many kids that were getting recruited in my area as there are now. It hadn't gained the national notoriety it has come to probably in the last 10 years where a lot of kids are getting recruited out of the area I was from now. But that being said, what happens is you go through this process and a lot of walk-on, a lot of people make the mistake of thinking walk-ons can't play football or They played like one year of high school football. A lot of these walk ons are actually supremely talented athletes. And unfortunately, some of them just get passed up in the recruiting process, whether it's because of size or whether it's just because the schools that they were trying to go to filled up on their spot and they didn't do a good enough job of getting their name out there or whatever it is. It could be they may have gotten hurt. A lot of kids will be recruited and then get hurt and they lose their scholarship offers. And so they end up having to walk on. That being said, a lot of these walk-ons have a chip on their shoulder. I know I did because I felt like that I should have been one of the top recruited players coming out of high school. And some people would probably debate that, and that's okay. I've always kind of probably thought of myself higher than maybe other people did, but that's just because I have faith in myself. And you go through this process, basically more or less when you're there, people don't really treat you. Seriously? I mean, maybe some walk-ons do, again, depending on the situation. But I know my college experience, myself and the other walk-ons, it's kind of a joke like you're a practice player and nobody really cares if you're there. And it's great if you are because you're there to help the practice and they need people to kind of help practice run smoothly. But it's kind of a joke. And that's why it's so impressive this kid from Georgia ended up becoming the starting quarterback at a school like that where you would think that they would have all these resources to devote it to finding the best possible quarterback at the, obviously the number one ranked school in the country that won the national championship. Now, why did this kid end up becoming a starter? Well, as a walk-on, a lot of times you have a chip on your shoulder and you go through this process where everyone is turned against you so that even if you are hands down, undoubtedly the best player, the coaches are still oftentimes going to play the other players that are on scholarship because they're the ones that were brought to do their job there. So they're the ones that have all the money behind them from the scholarship, which is scholarships, which is usually funded by the boosters. And so what few people know is a lot of the boosters are the ones that kind of influence and control who gets playing time. And uh, not always, but they're kind of the ones that will push a lot of this because they're the ones that fund the scholarships and ultimately the program and ultimately the coach's paycheck. So you have to understand the boosters are kind of like the Board of directors or the shareholders in the corporation that is the college football team and their school. So that's why it's even more impressive because a lot of times, if you're a walk on and you get in the game, which you're not supposed to, it's not supposed to happen anyway because the coaches were supposed to recruit the players that are in the game and you mess up, then it looks really bad because now not only did the coaches not get the kids that they recruited to become the starting players. But now you have a walk on the game and they're messing up. So, as a walk on, you can't only do as good as a scholarship player. You actually have to do better than a scholarship player would be because that has to be undeniable, uncontrovertible proof that you are good enough to play. And this is kind of what I went through. And eventually I got to the point where I was on scholarship and it wasn't even, I was just right there and became a captain of my team and everything. But the reason I say this is because. The journey of a walk-on is no different than the journey we have in life. And there's going to be a lot of people that try to tell you that you're not good enough. You're going to have obstacles that come your way. You're going to have things that get thrown at you that you can't control and are outside of your control. But what's great about a walk-on is when they're going through all this, they have the option to walk away at any given time. No one's paying them to be there. They're basically volunteering their time at something that is a full-time job. In many cases, more than a full-time job. And on top of that, they're going to class. So if you want to see someone that's really dedicated and really passionate about what they're doing, look at all of the walk-ons in football and I'm sure the rest of the sports in college. But look at the kids that are walk-ons because whether they play or not, they are volunteering their time to be there literally because they love the game. And I was thinking about this in our own life. What do we do because we love the game? What do we do that we don't get paid to show up to do that we haven't been recruited or groomed or primed and primed to be. What do we do? So, And we just show up because we love it so much. And I kind of have lived a lot of my life like this. And seeing this game last night was a reminder that if you really love your craft and love what you do and are willing to put everything into it, good things will come out of that. Now, you might not be the starting quarterback on the national championship team like this guy, Uh, but the same principles that you draw from that of having to go through the experience of a walk-on, which very few people can do. A lot of walk-ons end up not even completing their time on the team because they realize their time could probably be spent better somewhere else. But what do you do that you love so much that it doesn't matter that you're not getting paid. It doesn't matter that you're not getting glory and praise for doing it. What do you do just because you love it? And I think that's what's important to take away from the journey of a walk-on is to use it as a mirror to ask ourselves in our life, what are we doing because we are so passionate about it? And if you're not doing something because you really love it, then what's the point of even doing it? And so it just kind of reminded me of this last night that a lot of us will sacrifice our freedom for security. So we sacrifice what we want to achieve out of life, whether that, you know, freedom, the freedom to choose Uh, For security, for a paycheck, for having things that we might not have if we were having to go out and start our own business or follow our passion or do whatever it is. And so think of yourself as a walk on for life. And what's great about being a walk on is even when you get on people put on scholarship, people still identify as a walk on. One thing that really gets under my skin is that people will criticize walk-ons like they almost have some sort of handicap or something like they're not good football players And a lot of times it's just the fact that they got glanced over or they were like two or three inches shorter than the next guy um and so what that's one thing that kind of gets under my skin and also probably why i have a chip on my shoulder and why sometimes i operate from that place i try to have, try to move beyond like operating from a place of a chip on your shoulder but to some extent you still have that and you still kind of have that underdog mentality so what is the main purpose and takeaway of this. Well, I wanted to talk about it just because it's kind of out in the ether right now of people that are, you know, have watched the national championship game and it's something that just happened um, in the news and current events. But it really made me think how am I holding on to that walk on spirit throughout my own life? Um, not because I'm viewing myself as less than or underprivileged or whatever, but because I'm doing something so much that I love it and I would do it whether I got paid to go there or not. And the journey of a walk-on is not an easy one. It is not a road that many people can go down and travel. And I don't think, at least in the media, uh, kids get enough credit for being walk-ons. They're kind of looked at as, I don't know, maybe it's because we've had movies like Rudy and stuff. They're just kind of looked at as like second class from the football team. And it's like such a miracle when one ends up being – Good enough where I know having been inside a college football program, there's a lot of walk-ons that are just as good as some of the scholarship players. Um, so the main takeaway is how do you live in your own life that reflects away in the mentality of something that uh, you don't feel entitled to and you do it because you love it that much. So that's all I've got for today, guys. A little bit uh, longer than I usually go. And I could talk about this a lot more. So if you like topics like this that kind of relate my experience uh, from football or sports or anything like that, I don't really go into it that much. but. Uh, if you'd like to hear more, drop it in the comments. I can talk about this stuff all the time. So let me know what you think, and I will talk to you guys next time. Peace.